Nicole Holcomb, attorney by day and podcaster by night, a former educator, school counselor, and administrator, and mom to a nine-year-old daughter with dyslexia, who loves all things Harry Potter, Minecraft, and science. A few years ago, she was identified with dyslexia, and our lives seemed to turn upside down for a while, quite literally. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to help you navigate the upside-down journey of dyslexia. You got this. If you're wanting to thrive as a mom in this dyslexia journey, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 79, How You Spend Your Summer Matters, Three Steps for Success. It's hard to believe that we are now living with a fifth grader. Yep. (laughs) This fall, our daughter will be entering fifth grade. And this time next year, we will be preparing for middle school. Mm. I have to admit that I was tempted to ditch it all this summer. The weekly OG tutoring, the speech tutoring, the summer camps, and just spend the summer hanging out with our daughter. No schedule, no school, just us. Then I was hit with the reality. We only have two summers until middle school, five summers until high school, and nine summers total until college. Nine summers, y'all. That's all I have left with her. How many summers do you have with your kids before they graduate from high school? It's, it's a little scary. Like, we're down to single digits. Recently, I was working with a mom who, was also, who also happens to have a rising fifth grader in her house. So I'm going to refer to this mom today as Leah. And we talked about not only how she wants to spend the next few summers, but we also talked about how to best prepare her daughter for each of these milestones we just talked about. Because we know these milestones are big. Middle, high school, and college, or whatever they choose to do after high school, those are big milestones, and we want them to be prepared. We specifically talked about three steps to make sure that our summers are successful, productive, and fun, starting with this summer. We started with step one. We started by assessing Leah's daughter's current strengths and needs. And those current strengths and needs, we looked at her academic, social, and emotional. Those are the areas that we looked at. Leah's daughter has been in remediation now for the past three years. And she, too, was considering taking a break and just being spontaneous this summer, just seeing what happens. But she was a little concerned, so she reached out and we had a conversation. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. We went through this process and we talked about her daughter's current fluency. And we're going to talk more about that in step two as well. And we talked about her speech needs We talked about her social-emotional needs, and then, of course, we also talked about her, her daughter's strengths and passions. So looking at her daughter's current fluency, we looked at where is her daughter currently at, and she actually was able to reach out to someone on her team uh, and talk to her OG reading specialist, the person that tutors her daughter. And she really looked at things from the fluency standpoint. And when we think about fluency, we really think about the ability to read a text quickly and accurately and with good understanding, because that's what's going to help her become a skilled reader. And that is the goal here, right? And so the OG tutor specialist 
really looked at things and she's like, you know, I'm really not happy with where we are at this point three years in as it relates to her fluency. So having said that, she gave some strategies of things that she suggested over the summer to Leah. One was to, re- to continue tutoring, to do that an hour a week over the summer. Uh, they also talked about having some dedicated family time where they did reading every day. And then she wanted her to continue to really work daily on the OG card deck. And so these are the words that kids are going to, well, not really words. They're going to be the sounds of letters that that kids need to learn that are dyslexic to make it more automated. Um, really, they call it automaticity is what you'll hear people say. And so what the, the tutor was concerned about, this reading specialist, is that there was the automaticity part was was lacking, and so how quickly her daughter could recall the sounds. Um, and if you think about it, you can think about automaticity like this. It really goes right along with fluency. So if you think about, I mean, when was the last time you had to literally stop in your driveway and think about how to drive your car? When was the last time that you had to think about how to walk down to your mailbox and check your mail? You know, those things you do are automatic. They're part of what we call a muscle memory. You just automatically do them. So if you think about reading like that for for yourself as well, perhaps, but when you really think about our dyslexic kiddos, they need to be able to recall those sounds the same way. For example, she sees the word, she sees the word toy. She automatically needs to know O-Y says oi, right? And so in her brain, it automatically does the t-oi, and they put the toy word together. So the dyslexic children have to really work through those pieces. And so the fluency, you know, if they're constantly trying to figure out what that OY says, it can really, you know, break that down. And so what they're going to do over the summer recommendation was to really go through, and that was just one example out of the card deck. And actually she found an OG card deck app that she was able to download to her daughter's iPad. So her daughter could practice it every day. So the recommendation there was to take a few minutes every day and literally run through all those cards, which are just letters and sounds, so that they become more automatic and it will definitely help her to increase her fluency. Another thing that we talked about was her daughter's speech. So Leah's daughter had been going to speech and had been showing much improvement in her speech articulation. So much that Leah was considering taking the summer off. We talked about the pros and cons of taking the summer off, and Leah ultimately made the decision to continue with speech this summer. And the reason she gave this was two. One was that her speech language pathologist had already told her, if we take the summer off, I can't guarantee you a spot in the fall. She could have a spot, but it might be with a different speech language pathologist or at a different time. So, of course, if you know anything about scheduling, that, that can be quite a nightmare as well. So she wanted to take that into account. But what was even more important as she talked to her reading specialist was that they talked about looking at those milestones. And as Leah's daughter goes into middle and high school, there's going to be a lot more writing. There's going to be essay writing. There's going to be term papers. There's going to be things that she's going to have to do that is going to require a lot of writing. And her daughter also has dysgraphia. And so there was some concern there with that. And so talking with her reading specialist, she said, you know, if you do... Uh, take a, a period of time off from speech, you know, just keep in mind that that articulation is going to be important in the future because she wants to be able to use 
use, I can't even speak, she wants to be able to use assistive technology. So really think about that for speech to text. You know, speaking into um, your text, you know, you're, you're texting, you know, and you're trying to use a voice text. And so you, you know, you say what you have to say and it actually texts it, it it types it out as a text is what I'm trying to say. And so when, when you do that, then that gives a student the opportunity, you know, they could use Google or they could use other Microsoft tools that are out there where the student could speak their paper. And then what they would have to do is just go back and edit that paper. Uh, and that would be a lot less laborsome for the child. So we want to get Leah's daughter in a position where she has that option if she takes the summer off and then she starts to regress in speech, it doesn't mean she won't ever be able to use it, but it could impact if she decides, I'm just going to take a break for a while, even beyond summer. So we talked about that and how would that impact? And so as we're looking at those milestones ahead, we want to put her daughter in the best position possible to be successful. We also looked at her social emotional needs and Leah's daughter's very shy and she's very anxious around others. So to help her daughter start to work through her anxiety and a little bit of her shyness, we talked about a few strategies that she could try over the summer. And so she's going to work on those strategies with her family and friends and even while attending some of the summer camps where it's not quite as, um, you know, it gives a little less threatening environment for her to try out some of those techniques that we discussed. And then, of course, if you've been listening to my podcast for any amount of time, you know I'm very big in nurturing those strengths and passions, and we spent a great bit of time talking about that. It was also important to Leah because she wanted her daughter to have some time over the summer to enjoy her passions. And we talked about Leah's work schedule, um, and we talked about trips that the family had planned and you know, really what was available in her community. So Leah decided to do a two-week-long summer camp, a day camp, that was for soccer, and that worked best for their family's needs. And her daughter was super excited about the camp, and she was also glad that it was only two weeks long because that gave her some downtime and some time to enjoy some other family activities. We worked together, Lee and I did. We worked together to create a plan that took into account her daughter's current strengths and needs while still prioritizing time for her family, including time to relax. So more about that in step three. Step two, we really, you know, once we knew what the needs uh, of Leah's daughter were and we knew what the strengths and passions they wanted to continue to nurture, then we could refer back to in step two, looking at uh, a resource or a reference guide that I like to use, which is Overcoming Dyslexia. It is a book by Dr. Sally Shaywitz, and she has a lot of practical uh, tips in there, and we talked some a good amount of time about the material and overcoming dyslexia. And so we were able to use it as a reference book and refer back to it. And it's very helpful. So I would say not only look at your child's current needs and strengths, but also, you know, look at those reference materials that you have available for you. So if you're wondering why Leah didn't just follow her original spontaneous plan, she reflected on Dr. Shaywitz's book and a few of her, her suggestions. One of the things that Dr. Shaywitz says in her book is that the worst thing you can do if you suspect a reading problem is to do nothing. She talked about transformation into that, that reader, that, that reader that we want to see our child become. And she talked about that transformation has two essential ingredients, early intervention and effective treatment. 
And so Leah knew part of that effective treatment is going to include continuing that work over the summer. And then we talked a little bit about this earlier, but another component that she talks about in her book that I want to just reemphasize is that fluency is the ability to read text quickly, accurately, and with good understanding. That's the hallmark of a skilled reader. And so when we think about that, we want our child to be able to not get stuck on what they call decoding, you know, really not only seeing the words, but then they're trying to figure out what, what does that letter say? And they're trying to put the sounds together. And then they're trying to read that out loud, perhaps, or to themselves. And they get so bogged down that by the time they get to the end of the sentence or the end of the paragraph or even the end of the page, they don't remember what they're reading. And so their comprehension is not where it needs to be. Where you'll see many students that are read too have really high levels of comprehension. But what we want is for our children to continue to learn how to read what we talked about a minute ago, which was that automaticity, that fluency. And so that's where we're working toward. Dr. Shaywitz also has a section in her book in chapter 11 in the second edition, her new edition. Under that chapter, that chapter is called Should My Child Be Evaluated for Dyslexia? The reason I bring it up is we really spent a good amount of time looking at that because if you're thinking about your child's level of severity, you know, how severe is the dyslexia, it could help you to read through these pieces again and really kind of do a little tick mark beside the things that you're seeing. You know, if they're, let's say, I'm just going to give you an example, not necessarily in the book, but just off the top of my head. If she has 10 bullet points that are, that are indicators of dyslexia and some problems in speaking and reading, and your child has eight of them, then you would think that severity level could be higher, right? And so maybe, I don't know, perhaps it's not a good idea to take the whole summer off, right? Especially as you're pivoting into fifth grade and getting ready for middle school. However, if your child only has one or two of them, maybe they're not as severe with their dyslexia or maybe they're toward the end of their remediation and so they're in a better place. I'm not necessarily recommending taking the whole summer off, but as far as how aggressive you are in the summer with remediation and tutoring and how that looks for your family, these are decisions that you have to think about. I do want to read a couple of them for you so you can see some examples of what Leah really went what Leah really thought about as she made these decisions for the summer. So a couple of things is, one of the, one of the first things that Dr. Shaywitz does in each of the sections according to age, and I'm going to share with you second grade and up, She first thing she always talks about is problems in speaking. So what are some things you might expect to see if your child is struggling with dyslexia? One is speech that is not fluent. This is really pausing or hesitating often when speaking. You may hear a lot of mm, ums, um, 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 you know, just kind of delaying speech. Not being able to find the exact word. They might confuse words and they may say things like lotion, meaning ocean, uh, tornado instead of volcano. So they may say that, and we even found at our home, you know, our daughter might say something and she really means something else and it takes her a minute to realize, hey, that's not the word I was searching for. Some of the other ones are problems in actual reading. So very slow progress in, in acquiring some reading skills. The lack of strategy when reading some new words, just not really sure, you know, what, what strategies they should be using. So really struggling there. 
The inability to read small function words is what Shaywitz calls, and that's the that, and, and in. I see that at our house. A lot of times we'll be reading something and the the or the that will become a different word altogether. And sometimes, too, the substitution of words with the same meaning. So if they can't pronounce something, uh, let's say, you know, maybe they can't pronounce car. They may just say automobile or they can't pronounce, you know, um, you know, like one time I remember my daughter couldn't remember the word fork. So she said, you know, the eating utensil. <laughs> you think, wow, that's a completely different word. Uh, but they're still trying to get the meaning across to you. And many times reading is very slow and very tiring for them. And some other clues that she gave for this age group was, as it relates to math, good understanding of math concepts sometimes, but a tendency to solve math problems in their head without showing the paper on their work. You know, how they arrived at that answer. And then, of course, some of the strengths she provides for higher level thinking processes is uh, ability to see that big picture, a high level of understanding of what is read to her, learning that is accomplished best through meaning rather than rote memorization. That's just a few examples that actually encompassed three whole pages in the book. So I didn't read all those bullet points to you. But if you have the book, I would suggest using it as a reference and going back to it as you need to. And if you don't have the book, I would recommend you pick it up this summer and, you know, take a look through it because it could be very helpful as you're navigating this uh, dyslexia journey. So Leah took some time. She took some time when we spoke and she really reflected on her summer options. And when she came back and we talked again, she said, you know, I really realized that the only way to prepare her daughter for those milestones we talked about, that middle school, high school, and life as an adult, was really to continue addressing the academic, social, and emotional needs while nurturing her strengths and passions. And even over the summer, I mean, she took a deep breath Whew. And then she started scheduling, getting that tutoring and speech on the schedule, that little two-week summer day camp. And when we last spoke, she felt good about her decisions, and so did her daughter. Step three. Step three was an emphasis on time to relax, read, and recharge herself this summer, not only personally, but as a family. Leah did not overschedule her summer, her daughter's summer speech and reading tutoring, she was able to get those all on the same day of the week in the afternoon. This is going to give her family time to plan, yeah, some of that spontaneous fun that she wanted to do throughout the week and a few short trips over the summer to visit family and friends. She did not give up on her time to relax, to read and recharge this summer. She actually has 10 weeks this summer based on her child's school schedule. And so she plans to have a lot of time to relax and enjoy her family while ensuring that her daughter's needs are met. When raising children with dyslexia, it's a hard reality at times that our days, years, and even our summers look different than everyone else. But when we keep our focus on our goals, our goal for our child to be a fluent reader to have high self-esteem, to be that self-advocate, to really pursue her passions and her strengths. When we have our focus on their goals, then we're walking on the path to success. So let's do a quick recap. The three steps for success for this summer. One, step one, you're going to assess where your child is with their dyslexia. Where are their current strengths and needs? That's going to be step one. 
Step two is referring back to overcoming dyslexia. You know, where did her daughter need the most assistance over the summer? So she was able to refer back to that book for a good reference guide. You could also expand step two to include, you know, reaching out to your dyslexia tribe. Who is on your team? Do you have, um, just, well, yeah, if, if you have a team and if you don't, I highly consider, you know, putting together one which just encompasses those of you that are going to work together, the teachers, the reading specialist, the speech-language pathologist, the occupational therapist, whomever you know is really providing services to your child and having conversations about what is in the child's best interest. And it might not be necessarily that you want to say or ask them, what do you think I should do this summer? But maybe it's going back to step one to say, where are we seeing the current needs? What are the current strengths? And really figuring out what can be accomplished in the summer. And for Leah, her summer, she's decided to really spend time on that automaticity and that fluency and working with her reading specialist. She's decided that is where they're going to concentrate this summer. And then step three, make it a priority. Make it a priority to relax, read, and recharge this summer. You are so vital to your family and you need to take a break. And you know what we talked about earlier? How many summers do you have left? Don't you want your child to remember the times that you spent just relaxing one afternoon, um, doing the things that you like to do as a family, playing board games, uh, maybe having a movie night. I mean, whatever that looks like for your family, whatever you enjoy and your family enjoys together. Every child is different and our dyslexic children are not the exception. Spend some time today reflecting on how you want to spend your summer No matter how many more you have until your child leaves home, you can make each one count towards your child becoming an independent, confident adult. If this episode helped you today and you want to work with me more one-on-one or in a small group with other Dyslexia Tribe moms, then I have a special offer this summer just for you. This summer, I'm including weekly coaching as part of my Dyslexia Battle Blueprint course. So if you sign up in the month of June, then you will be part of my coaching program for the summer. And the summer months I'm including are June, July, and August. Do you want to learn more about this? Well, then go to dyslexiamomlife.com backslash course, or you can send me an email at Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at dyslexiamomlife.com for your questions. Have a great week. And remember, you got this.